Welcome to another Inspired Artist Podcast. Before we begin, let me remind you to rate the podcast and subscribe. That helps other people find it. I am with Kimberly Haynes in this episode for a really sweet and sort of vulnerable episode. I was very touched that she opened up to me and to y'all about her recent life shift, which was the death of her husband at the beginning of this year. And she, you know, she shared a lot more things with me, um, but I just felt like that was really um, a wonderful opportunity for people to hear about another way of experiencing and grieving loss. Um, she talked about how she's now in a new phase of her marriage and I think that if you have lost a loved one um, this is going to be a really powerful episode for you to listen to I just felt that when she was talking but some of the things that she shared you know about like taking a break from music as a new mom um, how she you know came from being a jazz artist singing in nightclubs in Japan I mean I just learned some really cool things about her and I know you will Uh, really be interested to hear about her journey and the things that she's encountered along the way, the things that have made it more important for her to make music and to dig deeper into herself. I'm sure this will be relatable to many. Um, I also wanted to mention that she recently won the Global Peace Songs competition for her song Narrow Bridge and encourage you to go listen to her beautiful music. I talk about a cover that she did of a song um, from Greece, and I highly recommend uh, listening to that as well. So I'll post links in the podcast notes. All right, here we go. Totally enamored by your um, little, like your whole sort of backdrop is kind of an altar. Do you want to tell me about it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we have a few things in common, you and I, I, I did go look at your website. Um, uh, this is my, my office too. So I see clients in here. I'm um, a certified spiritual life coach, personal coach. And, um, and I teach voice lessons in here too. So, um, it's a little office area. Um, and I put things in here that inspire me. (laughs) I see a Shiva statue or a Nataraj, sorry. Nataraj. Yeah, Nataraj is there. And um, Muktananda is there. Okay. And, uh, you know, some other recognition from my synagogue is on the wall. And oh, cool. <laughs> and my, uh, my first CD, that one album of the year, the One World Music. Oh, congrats. Um, yeah, that was sweet. That's awesome. It's, it's always um, nice to be acknowledged isn't it yeah yeah yeah, for sure so when was that that was in 2016 cool and for what uh for what album was that or for awaken me um it was for the album it was album of the year for the album called awaken me you did say that you had this one track that i listened to well one of the ones i listened to that was a a cover of the song from greece my favorite song from greece right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got such a kick out of that because it was such a great reinterpretation for, for yogis. I thought, what a, what a, where did that come from? That was such a funny thing. Um, I think I must've heard some, st- I did. I heard a really different version by a young man and woman, probably on one of those um, shows, you know, with the, music shows where the singers come on and and um I just I happened to hear it randomly and I really loved the reinterpretation so then I started playing with it and Vito and I started thinking about it like how because I was really enjoying singing it you know it's one of my favorite songs too I'm like a grease baby <laughs> and um did you watch it at like a really inappropriately young age like I did I don't think I understood it when I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't understand everything, but I was, you know, I was probably 12. Okay, okay. You know. I think I was younger. Yeah. yeah. 
And, um, but I, my mom had to take me, you know, and I think she took me 22 times. Wow. So was that in the theater? Yeah. That's wow. That's <laughs> so that's she was, she was really awesome, <laughs> but I loved it so much too. So anyway, I, I just, um, that wasn't my favorite song at the time, however. Um, but I really what? was a big fan of Olivia Newton-John. Um, uh, you know, probably one of her, you know, beautiful ballads that she sang. Um, I can't remember which one it was now, but anyway, when I reheard this, I started, you know, learning to play it on the guitar and seeing it and playing with it. And, and Vito and I were, we were in the middle of making Awaken Me. And so like, how, could, hmm, how could we include this? You know? So we got creative and, and I really enjoyed that because, you know, um, and I could lift my spirit and lift my heart in a different way with this, you know, with this song that really wasn't meant for that, but it works. Totally. <laughs> yeah. It's electrifying. Yeah. I, lo I loved it. And you, you, you only tweaked like a couple of the lyrics because everything else just totally fit, I felt. Right. Yeah. And then just with the chant and voila. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it when when people incorporate um, popular song into their mantra sets because it. I feel like that must be what it feels like to people who grew up with mantras, you know, to to be singing to be singing them. Whereas, like, they're introduced for us Westerners at maybe a later date in our life, you right. know, and then the Western music um, maybe doesn't have like the. It didn't feel as uplifting at the time when we listened to it, but then like the way that you interpreted it was. Um, it's really cool though. So. Yeah, it was fun. I'm, I'm so like programmed to ask questions and I'm so curious about all the things that you do. And <laughs> I mean, this is a conversation, so feel free to, you don't have to wait for me to ask questions because maybe it'll, it'll uh, open stuff up for what we want to talk about next. So okay, just great. go with whatever you're, with, with whatever you're feeling. Sometimes yeah, so I meet people for the first time like this, and sometimes I've known them for a while, so it's always very different. Right. Um, I popped over to your website, and I was like, what? You have little kids and nine albums? Like, I have kids, and I can't even, like, what? <laughs> How old are your kids? Well, they're 11 and 15 now. Oh, nice. Um, you know, but I, like... I'm spinning my wheels a lot of the time between, you know, work and taking care of whatever they, and they have needs all the time. <laughs> God, those kids and their needs. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, for, for the last few releases, I have to admit the guy I've been working with has been doing most of the stuff. So my job has been to, to sing the few takes that it takes me and send it off. Okay. Okay, yeah. that get that like it's <laughs> like I must be doing something wrong. <laughs> no, you know, and, and that's a, that's an interesting perception too. It's like you really don't know with music how long it took somebody to make it or or what right. they put into it. I mean, you could have or somebody could have like one album and that could have taken them fifteen years of their totally. life. You know, totally. <laughs> but we still only get to charge. I I talk about this. We still only get to charge fifteen dollars for the right. album. <laughs> It should be fifteen thousand. I know. It doesn't matter how much time you spent on it or how much money you spent on it. It's a uh, yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, interesting. Interesting to look at people's work, and you have no idea what the story of of what they created was like. Right. Right. Yeah. Well. So have you been yeah. doing this through your kids' whole life? Um. Well, I mean, I've always been doing music from you know the beginning of t my time. Um, but you know, when I, when I was pregnant and a new mom, I really took a, a good chunk, a good window and just immersed myself in being a new mom and, uh, trying to find my way with that. Um, and then when, um, my second child was about almost two, I started, started getting out a little bit more and then progressively over the years um, you know, more and more, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great challenge to, and an inspiration. Like the kids are so super inspiring and heart opening. It makes you want to sing, you know, 
Um, and singing and music has a whole new, um, how do I say, it, it just has a, a, a much fresher feel. You know, when I've, I did music for a long time, I traveled the world and, you know, sung in different countries and different situations. Um, and, then, and then at a point it's like, okay. <laughs> um, but then the kids came and like this, this whole new love relationship opened up and um, my kind of my desires about what kind of music I wanted to sing and it all shifted. Mm -hmm. yeah. When you did the touring before, were you doing mantra stuff or are we doing no. like singer songwriter stuff? Or? Um, I was a jazz artist and oh. um, I, I did a lot of back and forth to Japan um, and, you know, nightclubs there and kind of a, the hotel music circuit there. Um, and yeah, like that. I was in, wow. in the world of jazz for a long time. That's so cool. That That's like, it's funny because, so I grew up in France and they say that like jazz to the front, it, it's sort of like impressionism to the, in the States, like they're not as impressed by their painters, but also like, we're not that as impressed by jazz as like most of the, or a lot of the world is. I mean, there's huge demand for that. I know. Yeah. And when I, when I traveled to Japan, I, I was really very, very young. It's like, was like my, that was my very first outing. And, um, and they were, they are so into American jazz and standards and fifties um, pop. Um, so, you know, when I was, when I was contracted to go there, I had to learn all these 50 songs and, um, and they dress that way. And it's really fascinating. I don't, that was a while ago now. So I'm not, I don't know how it is today, uh -huh. but, um, but it was really like being dropped back in time in a way. And the nightclub where I worked, you know, it was like, um, you go down these stairs, it's a marble dance floor and a 10 piece band with horns. And yeah, I was like, wow, that's really different than kind of the pared down, you know, everyday kind of band that we would see in LA. Did you have a huge band? Is that, is that what you mean or? It was a 10 piece band that oh, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I landed, it wasn't my band. It was oh, the house okay. band, the house band. And this particular place would contract American singers to come and sing with Got that it. band for three to six months at a time. Got it. Um, so these guys played together all the time, but then an American singer would drop in every three or six months. Oh, wow. And so were they all from Japan or were yeah, they they're all Japanese? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. I it was like the Japanese, I mean, in some ways they do other people's cultures like better than <laughs> their own. I mean, I went to a, they have like a Champs-Élysées kind of like part of Tokyo um, that I went to. And I was like, Paris is not this clean. <laughs> you know, no, like, I know. Don't look this perfect in French. In France. Yeah. <laughs> Japan is very clean. I remember the first time I went into a department store in Japan and there was actually a bell person with gloves on. Wow. You know, you get in the elevator, what floor please? <laughs> Bing. Wow. I felt like I dropped into a movie set somewhere. <laughs> did you, did you mostly do Tokyo or, or was it other cities? Other cities. I was in Kyoto and Yokohama and, um, Oh, um, I can't think of the other place right now. <laughs> um, uh, island. <sighs> okay. um, so a few different places, but not Tokyo. I, I went to visit in Tokyo, but I did not play in Tokyo. Oh, okay. Were you playing when you went to Tokyo? No, no. I just went, um, I had a friend in college who was um, Japanese who had came, come as an exchange student. And so I was, uh, I did like a, I did like a gap year after college and oh, okay. um, Got decided it. to go to Australia. And so on my way, I went to Japan. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. I, I was only there for like a week and I, I went to Kyoto and um, yeah. I feel like I know with the place you're, 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 uh, it's bothering me. I'm trying to, <laughs> Okinawa. Okinawa. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, because I remember she took me to a restaurant and I was like, oh, so, you know, what is this? She's like, oh, this is Okinawa food. And I, and I, I had never heard of it. Yeah. Um, yep, that's it. That's awesome. <laughs> also, do you, 
Is it you that's beeping? Because I, I can't find any no. places where I am beeping. Okay. I'm not actually even hearing any beeping. Oh, weird. Okay, well, let's hope it doesn't. Well, it's not right this second. It sounded like, like a, an IM or something. Oh, um, okay. So, well, I just turned off, just in case, I turned off notifications. Okay, cool. Yeah. And if you see me typing, I'm just taking notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, wow, what a cool adventure. It was a crazy adventure. And, you know, in Kyoto, they were super shy to speak English. And I spoke no Japanese. And so it was mess. Like, you know, I couldn't even buy milk. Like, please, somebody help me. <laughs> right, tell me what this is. And, you know, I, there were no, like, you know, iPhone interpreters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, because in, I don't remember what it was like in Kyoto, but in, in Tokyo, they had like the transliteration kind of on the bottom of their signs. So that, oh. you know, if you didn't read, Japanese. Uh, yeah, that you could at least know what it said. I don't remember that being the case. When but I, I remember I went somewhere and there was no, you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm looking at this map and going like, okay, three lines with the yeah. Scale, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I have no idea. It's like dropping on another planet, basically. Yeah, that, yeah, that is how I felt going. Yeah. yeah. My son is obsessed with going to Japan. I have no idea why. Be a jazz singer? No, no, he's not. He's not interested in that at all, in fact. So I don't know. He just has this deep connection. And a friend of mine called me a few months ago, and she's like, I had a dream. You have got to take Joshua to Japan. It's a, it's a past life thing. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> That's cool. Is that a place that's even an option right now? Or would that be? That would be not in my world. <laughs> I'm not going to Japan anytime. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Someday, you know, I'll, I'll take him. I don't actually have that much more time to figure that out because he'll be 18 and like probably not interested in traveling with me. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Hopefully, you know, like maybe not in 2021, but maybe, you know, for his 17th birthday or something. Yeah. Hopefully things will be better. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least, or at least travel ready. Yeah. 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 Did, did you, so the, did you go from this jazz life to then having a family to then coming into kind of the, the yoga scene? mantra world is that the progression yeah 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 and I and honestly um Porter I didn't like do a deep dive into the world of mantra and yoga and I mean I kind of you know I, I feel like I'm a bridge between everything and um um it just kind of rolled out that way it wasn't wasn't intentional necessarily um I was just following the guidance um, inner and outer. And, um, and I was leaning into, you know, I, I went to Gurmukh for, you know, baby yoga and pregnancy yoga. And okay, um, you. so, you know, I used to go to the center in LA regularly. Is that where you live? At the time I lived in, in Encino, California. Okay. And then, you know, I would have to drive, to, but like when you don't have kids, it's not a big deal to drive somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so um you know I would go and and so I stayed close for a while but then you know after my my boy got to be a bit older and I was pregnant with my second child I was like oh it's too exhausting <laughs> um it was you know the traffic in LA is exhausting all by itself yeah, yeah. Um, and so so Especially if the case, kid doesn't like their car seat that's yeah my kid did not you, you, it sounds like you had that experience. I had, yeah, that was my first son. Yeah. Strapping him in to go to the grocery store was torture. Nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And just cry from the time I close the door until we get to where we're going. And um, my husband's parents would always be like, why don't you come over more? <laughs> like, because I can't handle the screaming. <laughs> Truly. But no one would understand. <laughs> 
They're like, you no, I get it. Me. We tr- we tried everything. We tried the mirror. We tried the shiny toys. We yeah. tried the How old tried yeah. Einstein, which I mean, like everything. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Some kids just don't like, I mean, and I get it, you know, it's like, I get it. You're being strapped down. If you decided that that's an experience you don't like, I'm <laughs> there's hard it's hard for me to do anything about that other than to just yeah. stay home right <laughs> to go places really close by you know yeah I did that for a while and um and then you know how old is your son now who seven so it obviously shifted he yeah, outgrew yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's also I mean he's also not being like he still yeah. doesn't love to be you know straight jacket or like you know yeah my that same baby who didn't like to be in his name is joshua joshua also never liked to be swaddled yeah no he didn't either yeah how interesting yeah That's very so- independent very inde- yeah. i mean although so is my no you know i think my my first one actually i can see that more in his personality my yeah. my second one like, i'm free Get yeah out of here <laughs> do not in yeah envelop me in fabric thank you very much yeah. and and joshua is still that way he doesn't like for me to be like oh you know <laughs> yeah he needs space yeah <laughs> yeah so in any case i you know i really relished all the chanting and the sweetness of the music and the elevating it elevated my spirit and elevated my um intention and so you know I, I, my, my midwife was a Sikh and, you know, the after, after. Deva? Or, uh, um, Davy. Davy. Okay. Davy I've, I've never, I don't think I've met her, but I know a lot of women who used her in, oh. in the LA area. Yeah. Yeah. Davy Carpalsa. And so, you know, that's, uh, I had a lot of exposure and it was beautiful. Um, was it mostly it, in that in that realm, like in the Kundalini realm? Because it sounds like a lot of your chants are more bhakti, and my chants yeah. are more bhakti because I really wasn't doing doing it. I was mm-hmm. listening to it when I was involved with the Kundalini, but when I started doing it, I was immersed more in bhakti fest and yeah, you know the the musicians that I met there, and you know my partner Vito was immersed in that. So that's where that came out of. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm going to talk to Vito next week. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I would really refer to myself as a singer-songwriter more than, you know, um, like a yogi or a chant artist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I let, you know, things float in. I mean, I'm the cantorial soloist at my synagogue, and so... I, I recently started creating kind of um, kirtan, you know, kind of Kabbalah kirtan it's oh, for my okay. synagogue and for my, my community here. And um, that's been really nice for me. I've, I've really connected with that and this, you know, the repetition of the prayers in, in a kirtan way. How does that, I don't have much experience with, well, I have no experience going to synagogue. Um, but how does that kind of alter or kind of fall in line with what's already happening? You mean like with what's already happening in the prayers? Yeah. Like how, like how, you know, organically does that. Uh, so it probably wouldn't be a part of like, you know, a service, Uh but for instance, on Shabbat on, on Friday night, when we light candles, it's not really a service. So, you know, you do certain blessings um, but then, you know, everybody would just sing. And so creating a kirtan where you can call and respond um, and keep it really simple, you know, um, taking, I, I took just a phrase out of a few different prayers and created, you know, a kirtan format. Um, okay. And so, yeah, it was really sweet. And then for high holidays, which just passed, as you probably know, um, we did something, you know, the rabbi and I put together, the, the, you know, the certain words that would, are in line with Rosh Hashanah and we did the kirtan. It's beautiful, you know. It has the same impact because they're holy, you know, it's holy text, it's holy prayers and um, opens the heart. 
is it just singing then or do you do you have um musicians play with you as well or is it like an acapella kind of well normally i i mean if it was if things were different it would be you know a kirtan band basically okay. but um, the way it is now i have my harmonium and Vito will play guitar with me we're, we're in a bubble together he's here you know he doesn't live here but you know he's here every day it's, yeah you know we're involved in our daily lives together and so you know he'll play guitar with me or the cajon and we do what we can with just two people <laughs> yeah and um so yeah like that that's really cool yeah. have you you've, i assume you've heard the kirtan rabbi yeah Bhaktivest. yeah so that, that's kind of my my only exposure to uh call response um um, I haven't actually, uh, I, I need to go actually listen because every time I talk about this, people go, oh, you know, the Kirtan Rabbi. <laughs> okay, I really need to educate myself. So. <laughs> um, but I mean, I just always keep hearing wonderful things about him. Hmm. So. Yeah, my, I have another friend who, who um, I don't know why I just said another friend because I'm not friends with Kirtan Rabbi. <laughs> I've just seen him <laughs> perform, but maybe in my heart I am. Um, but no, I have a friend who, who, uh, actually has kind of gone back into her Jewish roots and became a, uh, a, a, a female rabbi. Is that a thing? It's yeah. It's, of, it's unusual, but it is a thing. Yeah. So, um, and so, yeah, so it's not, it's not through like, I guess the, the main, um, avenues, but it's, 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 yeah, I thought that was a cool because I have Jewish roots, but it was never something that we. You weren't raised. No, so. But yeah, so she went to rabbinic to school. No, I think that's wrong. It's it's something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She, she some 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 other function that's not rabbi within the. That's that would be the cantorial. That might be that. A singer you know it's it's the person who sings the prayers yeah i'll have to get her back on here it's uh Radha rami she uh, she must be a musician then yes yes so probably a cantor it could okay okay yeah, so is, and so the cantor is is someone who sings during the service so the cantor and the rabbi lead the service together okay okay yeah and, and is there singing going on in the service by the congregation anyway well, I mean, it depends on where you go. You know, in, in my synagogue, music is a huge piece of the Shabbat morning services. But in other places, it's, it, you do always sing the prayers. But, um, you know, depending on which synagogue you're going to, how big the synagogue is, what their proclivities are, you know, it's, it's, it's different at each place. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I don't mean for you to be the... The, uh, I'm not a the authority official, either. <laughs> the authority <laughs> figure. Authority. I'm going to start asking you for medical I, advice. No. <laughs> You're going to start talking to me about rabbinic law. No, I can't. <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah. While I have you here. Um, <laughs> so what, what would you say your, your kind of biggest um, draw to, to the kind to the music that you're making now? I mean, what, what sort of drives you to, to create music at this point? Oh, um, you know, I, I haven't made another album since I, I guess 2018 and I have the songs, um, and we're kind of in process with it and sort of releasing a single at a time right now, because if I wait, it'll, I don't know how long that's going to take actually. Mm -hmm. um, and I also had to kind of, um, everything stalled for a period of time because my husband got very ill. I mean, he was diagnosed in 07 with ocular melanoma. I, I've so never even heard of that, but it sounds like something to do with your eyes. Eye cancer, melanoma, which you know oh. is usually a skin yeah. cancer and is very, well, deadly. Um, but it was in his eye. And so when my young, my eldest boy was one and a half, he was diagnosed with ocular melanoma. And so from that time until this past January, 
we're just in that process, you know, ongoing in that process. For the first five years, it was kind of okay. But then after the fifth year, you know, we started having that, okay, it's here. Okay. Now it's there now. And having to go through a lot of, a lot of, um, treatment and treatment for the treatment and, you know, um, and then last, uh, I guess around March or April or May, um, it's, you know, it just, it, we, it became clear that there, there was really nothing else to be done. And, and so, you know, I just shut everything down and started just being at home and, um, my husband passed in January of this year. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I just, you know, I was hibernating. I, I still am. Yeah. Well, to that's a great not degree. very long ago. That's... Yeah. It's only, it's nine months in a few days. Wow. And, uh, he was my beloved, my soulmate, my everything, my everything, my everything, and just a, an amazing human being and a great father. And this was definitely not part of my plan. Um, but, and, um, while I wasn't recording or doing anything, still the music, you know, was, um, coming up and, and some songs came through for him and, Vito lives not very far. So, you know, I would pop in there and we would do something quickly and I would have it to play for Brian. You know, um, one of those songs was called Narrow Bridge and the words are Hebrew to start with from the Baal Shem Tov, who is the father of the Hasidic movement in, in Judaism. And he taught that um, within every human being is the divine spark of God so that we, um, we have a direct experience of God in ourselves. We don't have to go through uh, anyone else, you know, to have that experience. And he wrote um, words that have been put to music um, over the century, you know. Um, so I put it, I put those words to music and um, they are, uh, the world is a very narrow bridge and the thing to remember is not to fear at all. And, and I added, you know, some of my own um, prayer to that and recorded it with Vito and we released it recently in June, actually. Um, just kind of like doing small things, Porter, you know, it's like, and then I- Well, I, I wouldn't call that small. Um, well, what I mean is like, I'm not, I'm, before all this happened, I would have been much more involved in like marketing and promoting and this and that and the other thing, you know, oh, I but I just released it. And like, I just don't, I don't have the bandwidth, you know, but, um, but I decided to enter it in the Global Peace Song Awards just in case, you know, and, and maybe it would get listened to and that would be my way of promoting it. And it won. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And that was really special to have that song particularly because yeah. it was so meaningful both to me and to Brian. And um, and so that has been kind of my inspiration with the songs that are up for me right now, this journey that I have been through with, with Brian and, and now with Brian in this new way because my relationship with Brian is not over by any means. It has transformed to be sure. But, um, you know, I'm just adjusting to this new, like, I still feel very married, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, very, very difficult for my kids and just, you know, walking through, it's just so frightening, you know? It's like, that's not the thing you ever planned to do. I thought we were gonna have kids and, travel and spend the rest of our lives together and like well that's a nice idea but <laughs> you know life happens so well he spent the rest of his life with you yeah yeah wow what a thank you for sharing that i'm, I'm sorry to hear about what that is like a little bit 
Yeah. It's, um, you know, it has changed me, deepened me, and definitely, um, you know, I see my life and my work through kind of a different lens, you know, and also how I spend my time, you know, um, I, I just, I think it, it made me feel much more um, intentional, you know, mm -hmm. about how I spend my time and, um, and who I spend my time with. So that's a big learning. Um, I'm really, cause I, I love that you mentioned that there's a new relationship that's forming. Um, I feel that way about people in my life that have passed and that I'm curious what that's like for you. What, what does that, if you have words for that, um, especially for other people maybe who are not there yet. Yeah. Um, so um, I think it was the day after Brian passed. Um, I knew that he had written me a letter and he had written a letter for the kids and for his mom. And so I went and opened it um, that day. And the force that came through that page was so powerful, was so huge. It literally knocked me to the floor, knocked the wind out of me, just not, not even having read, you know, but like the, I don't even know what word to use, but I, you know, it's, it's just love. Like you can't, I can't, there are no words to describe the kind of force field that just knocked me down. And I, and I, I read the letter and it was, um, in that moment, you know, I, I realized that this, I was still in relationship, you know, and, um, and it's been, it's challenging to be in relationship with somebody that I want to see and touch, you know, but um, it started even before he passed because um, he was here at, in hospice at home and in our bed, in our shared bed, he stayed there until like maybe the last two days when I, I couldn't move him anymore. So he needed to be in a bed so I could lift his back up and down. But he was in our shared bed and there came a point where he really was nonverbal, but still present. But I heard, I could hear him and I would write auto, like auto writing and it was him, you know, coming through and like, you do what you need to do. I, Cause he always wanted to stay in the bed and I was wrestling with, I can't handle this, you know, um, I need him to be in hospital bed because of this, that, and the other thing. And I was feeling guilty and um, it was difficult for me to make the decision knowing that that's, and he just came through, he was like, you get that bed. This does not matter to me anymore. This is for you now. And I trust you 100%. You love me and I, I mean, it was just so clear, the clarity. Of, of that writing, of that auto writing. And, and then when he did pass, like, I, I don't know, I could feel him like in my chest. He was there. He was really there. And he was a pilot. And um, one time when I was meditating, maybe weeks or a month afterward, I was meditating in three in the morning and I suddenly heard like, what would be like a lawnmower sound, you know, but it's, so that kind of pulled me out of my, the depth of my meditating a little bit. And so I started listening because I'm like, why is there a lawnmower at three in the morning? And also I live in the mountains. There are no lawnmowers here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I, I understood that's a plane, but it's not an, a plane out there. It's inside me. That's Brian flying around in there, you know, just completely and he was so happy to be free you know he was in a lot of pain and and also you know psychic pain leaving his children and his mother and me and and so for him to 
I, I could feel his joy and his, and not only his joy, but also that he, he was letting me know, um, it's going to be great. Your life is going to be great. Just wait and see, like, I got your back girl. <laughs> so, um, you know, and then there's that rational mind that goes, okay, Kim, let's just take a step back off the ledge. So I have to ride that, you know, and so that I can stay connected to what I know is very real. The rational mind doesn't really. <laughs> um, and, um, and sometimes I feel it more than other times, you know, yeah. but, um, but I'm learning to, I'm learning to be in this new phase of our marriage and I don't know how that's gonna you know flow into the next months and years but um, for now for now it's it is as it is all good <laughs> I'm uh, yeah I'm telling my kids to hold my calls <laughs> take right. a message yeah um, yeah Oh, wow. Um, although now that you've told that story, it makes, it would make sense why you haven't made nine albums. <laughs> yeah. You've yeah, been a was... little bit, sounds like you've been a, a, like doing some pretty amazing um, work. I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't. And, I, and it wasn't for a little while. It was for, you know, since Joshua, who was 15, he was a year and a half. So it's been all that time. Although to lesser, greater or lesser degrees. But yeah, it was hard to like, okay, I'm just going to go make an album now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, um, but Brian was so supportive and, you know, would just do anything to fill the gap for me to go do what I needed to do. And um, he was not a musician. So, you know, he just would be with the kids and, and always just so happy to do it, you know? This is beautiful heart that he had. And, and I really felt that that whole um, experience um, was being at the feet of the guru, you know, because there were things that I had um, the blessing of learning that I wouldn't learn any other way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, at at one point when, when we first learned about the new progression, I, I was so overcome. You're just never ready for that. You know, I was so overcome and I, and I couldn't, I couldn't sit. I couldn't sit. It was just the feelings were too scary to sit on mat and be with. Mm -hmm. And, um, so then I decided, well, at least I'll just, get up and sit in my bed next to Brian and I'll journal and I'll read something inspirational. Um, and so I did that for a while. And then I got to the end of Pima Chodron's book, Living a Beautiful Life or something like that. And she, the chapter was called The Charnel Ground. And she talked about how um, the, the, the um, badass yogis um, in Tibet <laughs> because it's the ground is frozen they don't bury their dead they take them to this like a canyon and they throw their bodies over the side huh. and the birds come and so the badass yogis go there to meditate and really you know have their i guess awakening um, and so then the, and the chapter was really about, so what, what is your charnel ground? And, you know, she was talking about how, when she was a young nun, she was always hoping for that thing that would really be the thing that she could meditate through, you know, that, that would, she could bump into and really up her game as it were. And, you know, I looked at my life. I was like, this is it. This is it. So the idea is that you go to this place and you're seeing these bodies that are being decomposed basically. Mm -hmm. And so you're sitting there and okay. Yeah. And you know, like, this is what it's going to come to. So what, what, what oh, okay. really, 
what what really matters yeah right yeah that's that's an intense we are not our bodies right yeah and so i uh so then i was like okay you know i'll try five minutes and and then i grew you know i grew into being able to sit with that pain and and sit with brian's pain and with my children and learn how to hold it and and be with that in a way that was productive rather than unproductive um so you know just tremendous um learning and tremendous strength that i never ever wanted to have <laughs> but you know that's how that's how it went so do you find that you're now attracting clients who are dealing with similar because i know you said that you were coaching people i just find like the people that we invite in are right having similar issues no no okay. <laughs> at, least not, at least not that yeah specifically but certainly similar issues in in the realm of you know being a human and you know needing support mm -hmm. you know and being stuck and i don't even know how to get out of this you know um, yeah yeah um, well i so, mean the fear of death is pretty i mean that's every that's everyone's right i guess i mean i i'm not bumping into any of that with my clients right now um and and i don't know you know i've i've thought about um if i want to work in that world you know to a greater degree at some point in hospice because I, I was also with my mom in hospice when she passed and i it was very moving experience um so you know i'm not sure how that will all roll out in the future but it's definitely in my mind of working with you know people who are going through that but right now in my practice it's just it just happens that there are people coming in organically and you know they they just want support with you know everyday stuckness and yeah yeah um easy stuff thank god <laughs> <laughs> you know the easy stuff like yeah i don't because when it first came up, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this, you know? Am I ready for this? And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna try. And I heard Brian, he was like, Kim, you've got this. It's all good. Just jump in. It's only one person, you know? And, and it was good. And it was, and in fact, it was inspiring, you know? And I was like, feeling into, okay, this is me. You know, this is my work, my life, and starting to kind of come back to myself a little bit and learn who I am now. Yeah. Wow. So um, Vito and I have been working on, you know, some new music and I have a single that we're going to put out um, in October called My Brother's Keeper, which also um, comes from my experience with my husband but also um this covid thing that's happening right now and the um the uh divisiveness you know even just about something so basic as a mask there's so much divisiveness and um you know when i I was married for 25 years. So Brian and I were together a long time and, uh, and you know, this, the arc of a marriage um, is an interesting journey. <laughs> and I really, in the end, you know, felt like, like it's, it's more, it was just more and different than being a spouse. Like this is, this person is my, my, human brother you know that i'm in service to right just whatever i can do like give up anything just how can i meet this moment with this person that i it's just a person who i love you know desperately and um and how that kind of how does that translate into the rest of our relationships and you know being in in service to um the wider community 
um, and, and to, to bring compassion and kindness even when we don't feel like it and, and how that, the ripple effect of that is so powerful. Because, you know, my relationship with Brian was not like, you know, walking through a flowered garden for 25 years, you know. We both had to give up many different things and compromise on different things. And a lot of times we weren't happy about it. But, you know, you do these things because you love the person. You want them to feel good ultimately. And um, the reward of, of being in service and so, you know, it really brought forward to, for me the idea of, you know, how do we do this with the rest of our lives too? You know, it starts at home and then it goes out. And, um, and so with the COVID thing and the mask thing and the race thing, this song just came flowing through me called My Brother's Keeper, which is, you know, that comes from a, a biblical text in Genesis. Mm -hmm. But it has, you know, it has, uh, it's the ethical imperative of this blessing that we have to have human brothers and sisters, you know, that we look after each other. Even if we're looking after each other, you know, that it's more for you than it is for me, but I'm going to put this mask on because I care about how you feel, you know. Um, so, uh, so anyway, um, that came that came through and then Vito jumped into the studio and did his magic and we put the final vocal on and we're ready to release that in October. And I'm excited about it because I think it has a, it's a, it's a um, timely song and it has a powerful message and, um, and I feel Brian in there so much. Oh, I look forward to hearing that. Is there a specific date that I should announce or should I October just- 23rd. Okay, I will. October 23rd. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for sharing all of that. I know that that's not an easy topic, but I always feel like when things like that come up that there, somebody's going to really benefit from what you said. Um, so thank well, you thank you. to do that. Thank you for having me here to talk about what's going on in my life. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, um, do you want to tell people how they can find out more about you and Thank you. Keep up with you. Yes, please. So, you know, my website is uh, www.musicmedicinewoman.com, musicmedicinewoman.com. And um, you can download the most recent single there and, uh, you know, videos and whatever. Um, my, my coaching website is www.yourlifeonpurpose.net. And uh, please follow me on YouTube, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will certainly. Um, I'll, have these, I'll have these links in the podcast notes, by the way, if anybody just wants to click on them. Great. Yeah. Yeah, YouTube. And you can find me, of course, on Facebook and Instagram. And is there anything else I'm missing? You can find my music on Amazon, iTunes, or, you know, Spotify. Yeah. Please follow me on Spotify. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. It was Thank really you. lovely getting to Thank know you. Thank you, Porter. It was really nice to spend the hour with you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Porter. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Inspired Artists. Please remember to subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps other people find it. Thanks.